tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to a special host's birthday edition of Fragments of Silicon that we're not supposed to mention that. said you couldn't mention it like i know that's why i just, did it's we're more just not allowed to sing though. about it yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah no, <laughs> no singing i i've already endured that for today singing like, is grounds for immediate dismissal yeah i'm like that's reserved for family members and even then it's it's quite insufferable <laughs> like you know even when there's a kid involved Especially when there's a kid involved. Anyway, welcome to another edition of Fragments of Silicon. I'm your host, Adam, and introducing, as always, is the team, Petty Fan. Yo. Galix. Hello. Ogre. Got a little kitty cat here. Meow. <laughs> yeah, my cat's over there, um, sleeping. And Twilight. Yo. <laughs> All right. All right, well, uh, let's dive into the news. Wow, I don't even I don't even get introduced. This is this is terrible. <laughs> you, sorry, <laughs> you get your own introduction when we get to the interview. Oh, sorry. Okay, so I'm just hanging back. Got it. Okay, <laughs> secret guest. Secret guest will be quiet. Continue with the podcast. You are allowed to talk during our news segment, though. If yes. You want to. All right. Laugh we'll right, at our um, tales of misery and woe. Well, um, I guess that means you're starting this week, uh, Petty Fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, we finally got most of the yard work taken care of that we've been needing to do for months, but it's been too freaking hot. So, hooray. Well, if it means you in, uh, uh, avoid another fight with the city. Yeah. Also, <laughs> they've been picking up construction on the fire station they were going to be putting, like, less than a block away from my house. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is not something that's going to be interfering with your sleep or daily routine. or. It, well, it depends. After it gets built, it might interfere with the dough because, you know, firefighters got to fight them fires. Mm-hmm. And they're not exactly quiet about doing it. Oh, we're already familiar with the endless motorcycle parade that uh, goes on outside. Seriously, I don't know why, though be lucky his keyboard hasn't broken partway through so he can't mute it all the time. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be getting that replaced in the next few weeks. I, I, the money to be able to. like, I prefer it would last till Christmas because then the parents can get me a new keyboard. Right. 
but if I have to buy it myself, then them's the brakes. I mean, getting a keyboard isn't that expensive. Well, I usually get the higher, a little bit higher end one, just because. I've, yeah, I was about to say, um, like you might have to break down and get um, like a twenty dollar uh, wireless or something like that in the interim. Yeah. Well, it's like are wireless long... keyboards cheaper now? They are, but I hate oh. wireless keyboards as a passion just because batteries. Oh no, yeah. me too. I'm just, I'm just saying, not as a you're going to be using this for years. It's just if you need a keyboard, you need a keyboard. Well, my mom said I can use one off her laptop because she has a laptop. She has a keyboard built in. Okay. So yeah, I'm not without a keyboard if this one dies suddenly. It's just more inconvenient. That's helpful. But yeah. I know. Um, Anything other, else? Other than that, not really. Just been kind of looking into stuff we get, we want to get for the house after my mom's settlement comes in. Like possibly switching to smart lights and whatnot. Okay. What are ones that go on automatically when you get near? Um, with your phone. Oh. So I could yeah. be like, use the Google Assistant and be like, hey, turn on my bedroom. Turn on the porch light. Or on the laundry room light, stuff like that. Uh, apps are fun. Anyway, <laughs> anything else? Um, other than still hunting for Gogus, no. Alright then. Um, Galix, you're up. Um, well, it's been really hot the last couple days. It's cooled down and is now very humid again. Yay. We all love that. Um, not a uh, whole lot uh, work-related or anything, but uh, for video games, I still have to play the games for reviewing for this week, but I have been playing uh, Splatoon 2 a bit since that's out, and the, split, the first non-preview Splatfest is this weekend, so I'm hoping to get to level 10 before then, and I'm pretty close to that. Did you, you, uh, play, get you to, to, oh, hmm? sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to ask, uh, did you get the chance to play any of the story mode? Uh, I'm into the second world on the story mode, but I'm trying to... No, I just beat the second world on the story mode, but I'm trying to juggle that with the actually getting levels up in, in uh, multiplayer so that I can get new stuff to do for new new weapons and gear, particularly. Well, the scrubs are still pouring in, so you're not getting just completely destroyed. Uh, my win ratio is a little over 50%, a lot of which is probably due to being a veteran from the first one, but uh, they expanded the level uh, at which you unlock weapons in this game. It goes all the way up to 30 instead of 20, so it'll be a while before I get some of the higher-end ones, but I'm hoping to get, like, the... Uh, I just got the ends app, which is one of the ones that I actually like, but I'm not super fond of its subs now. I mean, they're not bad, but... I'm trying to try around and get different things, but I'm only level 9, so there aren't that many that I've unlocked. I'm kind of liking the idea of the dualies, but I haven't found one with a uh, set that I like yet. Oh, right, so it uses a set system. Yep. Well, it, it, that's, it, that's intentional. It's to balance yeah. the things. Because if you have the best gun with the best bombs and the best special, then obviously that's unfair. Mm. Uh the gear customization system is a little bit better in this one, though, because you can, like, uh, it's expensive, but you can, like, if you have uh, abilities you want on a particular thing and you have them on a different thing, you can 
basically wash them off of the thing that they're on and then put them on the thing that you want them on. Hmm. But yeah, I've been having fun with that. But uh, that's most of my video gaming for this week. Except for my keeping up with the Japanese on Duolingo, even though I uh, accidentally missed a couple days this weekend because I was busy with uh, Pathfinder and stuff. Right. All right. Um, Twilight, you go. Uh, now, um, well, today my mother got a new living room suit and mattress for her and my father's bed. And so the past two days, I consisted of us um, moving furniture around um, so that uh, people could um, bring those in. And besides that, um, been still playing Borderlands 2 with friends of mine, and um, it's been hot here, and that's about it. And uh, oh yeah, and been playing Get Even as well. <laughs> that's it for me. Okay, Ogre, you're up. I have learned a valuable lesson when it comes to cooking. And it's that enchiladas are a bitch to make. I can uh, concur wholeheartedly. You know, Although, it that's was, one of those things where, where there's a very near thing between done and burnt. It was fun sauce. making. It was fun making the sauce. I actually, the recipe I followed apparently had me make a roux for it, which is kind of fun when you're an amateur and go like, "Did I just make a roux? I think I just made a roux." And then I had to do the meat, and then I got to individually fry the tortilla shells, and that's when everything dauntingly went, oh, this is going <laughs> to suck. That and moment then, when you know you've bitten off more than you can do. And then came the actual construction of the enchiladas, and I went, fuck this shit, this ain't happening for a long time anymore. <laughs> they were good enchiladas, but... <laughs> kind of dash any dreams of making tamales anytime soon, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Are tamales but, even harder to make? Oh, they're they're not that hard, but they're smaller, so you can make a lot more of them. Hmm. It's just always something I wanted to make, but I don't know, not anytime soon. That's why I did, like, sliders and fries tonight. I was like, fuck it, I'm doing something simple tonight. <laughs> Let's see... Recording-wise, I think we're about close to the end of the original Blaster Master. I don't know how much longer this thing goes in the re-release and everything. Uh-huh. It's been, it's been fun. That, that last level kind of ratcheted up the difficulty out of nowhere on us, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it as simple as I can. Sudden stealth mechanics. And I'll just leave it at that. Let's see. Uh uh, how are you feeling about doing long term projects? Still burnt out? Uh we're gonna do a couple of smaller things beforehand and then we'll discuss what we do next what big thing we do next. I mean I know there's a game that's been looming for what, a year now? I guess. I really don't know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of just whenever the whatever the mood, the fancy mood, and all that stuff. I'm talking about Xenoverse Two, like. Well, we gotta do that at some point. 
Yeah. I don't know when. It's it, the, since it's August now, we're they're starting to buckle down on the wedding preparations. So shit's not going to get done anytime soon. I can tell you that much. No, I you have think. to make time for Xenoverse too. This is this I is do. Accurate. Yeah, I do at some point. I had to upgrade my entire freaking computer for it. Oh wow! So, okay. Yeah, it did. It's it didn't want to. It didn't want to work on Windows 8, so I had to upgrade to Windows 10, and it's for one of the first things I tried. And I was like, "Yes, I could finally play it." <laughs> All right. The, yeah, uh, uh, they, um, they did a let's play of that of the first game. What about two years ago now? Okay. About the time it released, yeah. We would have done it last year, but again, my computer did just did not want to work whatsoever. Uh, let's see. Uh, we managed to beat the second fight of the current raid stuff. Saturday? Uh, Was it Saturday we did it? You and me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then we got the close to the full raid group Tuesday. Got through the first two tiers, and now we have to do the third tier, which might as well just be the, hey, can you play mechanics and games right? No? Well, get ready to start over again I sometime soon. I still wish we could have recorded last night's reactions. They were uh, priceless. Yeah. Very priceless. My favorite part last night is still that one time when negative 100 G's hit, and on my side of the screen, Elk's character just went poof! Like, everyone else goes up normally. He just shoots up like a goddamn rocket, and it just cracked me up. <laughs> Let's see. Anything else? Anything else? Huh. Not really that much else for once. Huh. All right. I'm done then. Adam, birthday yep. boy's up. Yeah. Well, as previously indicated, it is my actual birthday today. Like... Um, I'd sing, but I try I, to be ejected into the void. If I, I don't think eat, you can be fired because you're the one who actually does <laughs> this stuff. So yeah, you've got a job security for the time <laughs> being. It's like you're the one who's actually running the the um, infrastructure. So if I booted him. We yeah. would not, you know, we would have to quickly switch over to Twilight. <laughs> You'll still be reprimanded, though. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I am one year older. Like, when you get to my unspecified age, you stop caring about birthdays as you once did. Now, yeah, so greater than 21 is all I'll say in this space. I, um, let's see, actual birthday festivities. Um, that's happening on Friday um, due to, well, first of all, you know, still had a show to do. Um but it's also, uh, like, my mom had other plans today. So, um, on Friday, we're going to an Indian restaurant. Um, been to before. It's pretty good. I would go to it more if it weren't, um, like, 30 minutes away. No, it's like, that kind of puts a damper on eating habits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um see uh actually been pretty busy behind the scenes because um we're working on a new project for the um greater network uh that's all i'll say at this point um you know uh this is a thing that's been in development for about six months now maybe nine months um it, it's been in uh, the 
it's been in the stages for a while now, and things are actually quickly solidifying, and we'll be able to talk more about it in the near future, probably next week, um, probably on MSP, if we are going to talk about it. Um, outside of that, also been busy with this show, um, you know, in between, you know, the game reviews we've been doing, and um, setting up stuff, and uh, had to quickly rewire this show because our original guests canceled out due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah. So it, it's been a busy time. Like, and I guess that's about it for news on my end. So merrily we shall roll along to the interview portion of the broadcast. And joining us once again is Dimitri from Bandai Namco. First of all, happy birthday, Adam. Yeah, thank you. No problem, and I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you uh, were able to fill in on such short notice. Oh, no problem. No problem. I, I figure I, I had a blast last time, and I, uh, I definitely wanted to come back and do it again. That's good. It's always good when people like to come back on the program. Uh, anyway, so the game we're going to be talking about here first is called Get Even. Uh, it's a... Um, build as a first-person shooter, but I think it might be better to quantify it as a cross between a first-person shooter and a um, indie survival horror game. Ooh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a survival horror game. I, I would say psychological thriller in the first-person perspective. Yeah, that, that's probably a better way of framing it because that's yeah. a marketing <laughs> term right there. <laughs> like, it's a, you know, yes, it is, but also it, it I think it properly de de like defines the game just because it's not really survival horror. You're not, you know, collecting ingredients or anything like that. You you have a, a good amount of bullets. It's more about the exploration. It's not as uh, it's not something to the to the effect of like uh, uh, what, what's the term I'm looking for? A walking simulator. You know, there there is action moments in the game. There's a lot of action moments in the game, um, but it's not it's not all action all the time. Like say with something like Wolfenstein, so you have you have these quiet moments of exploration um, where you're like exploring the hub world and gathering clues and stuff like that. Um, and then there's elements where you're just fighting a bunch of bad guys and doing all kinds of uh, crazy things within the environment. Honestly, if, it, if, if there's a game it reminds me of, you've probably never heard of this one, but it's a game we recently featured called Conarium. What is um, it? Conarium. Canary? Cornarium. Cornarium. No, I, you stumped me. I thought you were going to go with uh, Condemned, but no, I never <laughs> heard of Canarium. No, that's not too surprising. It's an uh, indie uh, horror game that got released a couple months ago. Like... Um, very Lovecraftian in the literal sense. But, you know, but, I mean, and it also reminds me of other indie horror games like, say, Amnesia and, you know, uh, so on and so forth. You know, a, a lot of walking, exploration, um, tension building, um, that kind of deal. Yeah. Like, I will say the game is different with the um, shooting mechanics. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't get... You know, it's like... Now, there aren't a lot of uh, indie horror games, to my knowledge, that, you know, have action moments like that. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, 
it's it's definitely I, I could definitely see some similarities for sure. <laughs> um, I think I think get even is a bit more fast paced, um, a little bit more. Uh, I guess the term I'm looking for is a little bit more high end than than this game. Um, yeah, you you seem to have put in a little bit more of the shooter back into the horror thing that probably a largely initiated from things like uh, Resident Evil and stuff like that. Right, right. But then yeah. kind of branched off into the more actiony ones and the more suspensey ones. Right, and there, there's elements that make this game unique as well, like being able to kind of, hmm, without without getting too spoiler, being able to put things into the environment, you know, to to your advantage, you know, whether it like say for instance pieces of cover, you're able to phase uh, those into the environment, or you know the the corner gun that that's like a big staple of Get Even. So there's elements in in that game in in Get Even that make it unique. Or different than, like, say, Cornarium or Condemned. Right, right, <laughs> right. It, it de- like it, it, you know, it definitely has that indie horror flavor, but it it does have its own um, unique identity from what I've played. Admittedly, I haven't played as much as I wanted to because, well, you know, we just got this game on Monday. And, right, right. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I'm like. Sh- you know, I think it took about uh, two to three hours to download. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Well, it's a twenty-two uh, gigabyte game. Yeah, it, it's a pretty large game. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of voice acting in it. There's a lot of uh, music. The 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 big the other thing that thing that sets it apart from other games is the the audio, the Aura three D three D audio that it uses. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that or if you play with headphones, but it definitely has a unique audio setup. Um, when when you're walking throughout the world and the way you're able to hear things in the background and the way things shift and the the clanking it, it's it's definitely a different audio feel than other games as well in in the first person genre um does that work with like surround sound yes yeah it works so like if you go into the options menu you're able to select whether you want to uh use headphones or the surround sound and yeah the the whole aura 3d uh sound is still like active in whatever setup you use. Hmm. Is it, uh, does it go up to like 7.1 or is it just like 5.1? I believe it's 7.1, yes. Not, not that I have a setup like that. I, I don't live in a place that's really conducive to surround sound. Gotcha. Yeah, I play with headphones. Too. My headphones are 7.1 surround because they have Razor Krakens. Okay. Where, where are those last two? Um, what the? Oh, what, the, the, uh, the extra two speakers? Seven, yeah. Um, so, the the 7.1, I I don't have a 5, I, I have a 5.1 setup. Um, I think it's off to the sides. There's, like, a, there's side speakers, and there's speakers in the back. Okay. But I could be talking out of my butt. So. Yeah, I'm like, I, rem- I used to have a 5.1 surround sound system, but it, it broke. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, regardless, it sounds awesome whether you play with headphones, your TV speakers. It, it's definitely it has it has its own audio experience as well. Like it's something they the developers really focused on. So speaking of developers, this comes from the Farm Fifty One. Yep, uh, the guys that did um, what was that game? It I forget. Uh, uh, Hell. Shoot, I'm trying to remember the name. It was a first-person shooter, also um, very fast-paced. 
pain uh, like the, pain they killer. worked on the painkiller. They worked on the Painkiller franchise. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it comes from those guys. They have a, a pedigree when it comes to first-person shooters. And Painkiller is a totally different game than this. Like, this is a lot more slower paced than Painkiller. Painkiller was very much an homage to, like, Doom and Quake and stuff like that, where it's very fast-paced and you're mm -hmm. killing a lot of enemies at one time. It had its own story as well. Um, but this is a lot slower paced, a lot more methodical, um, a lot more intense i guess is the the best way i can describe it i mean even leading up like I, I can spoil a little bit of the beginning of the game leading up to it where you're you're trying to rescue the girl from the from the uh from the warehouse or the uh asylum and you know things go wrong from there it, it's definitely it, it has a slower pace feeling to it like the lead up definitely like like um and i can see where the condemned uh, connection comes from because uh like Shortly before you get to the girl, you're scanning for evidence. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, and as you get further, how uh, how far are you in the game, Adam? I'm at the asylum. Like, okay. Because mm -hmm. okay, so a lot of this game takes place in the asylum. Have you gotten to your hub hub like central hub yet, where you're kind of in your own room and you're you have photos up on the wall? Have you gotten to that part yet? I don't think so. I'm like still exploring the asylum. Okay, you are you are in for a treat. Like as this game, as you get further and further into this game, it evolves. Like at one point, I thought it was gonna be okay. I'm up to this first person shooter part. Now this is where the action is gonna get like heavy. I'm just gonna be taking out guys left and right. And then all of a sudden, it slows down again, and you're kind of exploring this hub world and talking to Red, who is another character in the game, and you're trying to figure out who Red is. Um, you play it as Cole Black or just Black, um, and then there's this other character named Red. And there's this like almost Alice in Wonderland story that starts taking place, and you're wondering where it's starting to go. I won't spoil too much, but just keep the Alice in Wonderland in mind when you're playing this game. So this is very, very nonfiction, or fiction rather. Fiction, how, yes. I, I know how words work. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, it's it's definitely fiction, and it it definitely. I keep saying definitely a lot. I'm gonna stop that. It, it takes you on it, you think you're going to go one way with this game where you think it's going to be a very action oriented game and then all of a sudden it slows down and switches up with like this puzzle solving element or this story element where you're you're getting all these voice clues and you're talking to all these different characters and then it becomes a like a psychological thriller almost like a movie you know where you're trying to figure out what black is doing here why is he sent back to this asylum why is red taunting him why is what is red trying to do are we in Cole Black's mind, are we in the real world? And there's a lot of that going on. So it, it this game takes, it, it, it's surprising, for the people that haven't played it, they, they see these videos and they think, oh, it's just going to be a standard first-person shooter, and it's not. I thought that's what it was going to be. It started, it started to get to that point uh, when I got the corner gun at first, and then all of a sudden, things slowed down. I'm talking to Red. Red's talking to me, and he's trying to figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing and where... What, what am I supposed to be doing for him? Uh, I know I'm speaking a little bit vaguely, but that's because I don't want to spoil a really, really interesting and cool story. Mm. Right. And um, so one of the... Another um, feature of this game is, well, we can see it on screen right here, is what it functions is the HUD system here. You know, instead of, you know, having like a standard video gaming display, all of your... Um, uh, functionality is taking place on your smartphone. Right. Uh, a lot of it is. Right. 
and it's it's a pretty advanced smartphone. Um, if I'm being honest, it's it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's pretty advanced. But I think uh, nowadays, well, yes, it is pretty advanced. It's it's weird that it's not. It's similar to like an iPhone. I see that phone, and it's almost like a, a, a device as opposed to a phone. It is a phone. Don't get me wrong. You will talk to people on it. Um, but yes, uh, in terms of having all types of unique features that aren't on uh, phones nowadays, you are correct. It is pretty advanced. Yeah, I mean, I, I know smartphones are pretty advanced uh, bits of kit here, but you know, it's like I don't. I'm not sure if there's a smartphone out there yet that can do the UV scanning thing. Yet, exactly. Or, yeah. You know, do, doing do any sort of years. yeah, <laughs> any sort of CSI, you know. Um, forensics uh, evidence gathering. Right, and uh, the other thing, it, it, it actually, uh, the phone works within the game to solve puzzles as well. Like, I'll give you an example. You're going through a certain part of the asylum, and there's these steam pipes up ahead, and they block off an entrance. You can just kind of go around and shoot the lock, but then it affects the story somehow. Like I said, I won't spoil too much, but if you, if you do it, the... I guess, for lack of a better word, the the grunt way, the stupid way, where you just shoot the lock, go through the door. There's you get a, a kind of a a message from Red, the other guy, the other the person on the other end of the phone, saying, "Oh, you should have, you know, you should have, uh, um, you should have figured this out. You shouldn't have just gone about. You shouldn't have just gone straight through. There's a better way. There, there, there use your mo use your head next time. And what you're supposed to do there is you're supposed to pull up the UV scanner on your phone." and scan for heat in the pipes and where you have to turn it off. So the pipes will turn, uh, like once you have the UV scanner up, the pipes will be red and then you're supposed to turn the, off the pressure to make them green and kind of go and maneuver through the pipes. So there's puzzle elements involved to it. You can go through the game and shooting, like shooting things and go through it just as a standard first person shooter, but it pays off to solve those puzzles and use your mind as opposed to just running straight through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that puzzle. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you know exactly like, what I'm talking about when Red, you know, he, I, I I'm, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it's something to the effect of like, oh, you should have used your head instead of, you know, running, just running gun through it. I'll be honest. I didn't know you could shoot off locks. Yeah. Yeah. You can, a pro tip, you can shoot off locks. That's actually going to be handy. I, I know I've already missed some stuff because, well, you know, uh, I will admit, if there's an issue I'm having with the game, it's um, the actual like evidence gathering. But you, you do that with the phone, and it has to be lined up with the green, and sometimes yes. that can be finicky. Like, yeah, I, I I completely agree. Uh, it, it is a bit finicky. Once you get used to it, it it's a little better. Like you that you you know what you're supposed to be looking for. You're looking straight at this thing, and then when you try to use your phone, it's like you know it, it doesn't scan. And right. it, I agree, they could have done they could have done a better job of it making less finicky. Uh, it works for the most part. I think it works well, but yeah, there are certain parts where you're just like, I I know this is what I'm supposed to scan. Why won't you scan? Yeah, <laughs> definitely had some uh, uh, issues with that, uh, especially with like moving targets. Let's just say. Yes. Like, <laughs> um. Anyway, so I see. The game is built off of Unreal Engine. Um, oddly enough, Wikipedia says this is Unreal Engine 3. Um, ooh, that is a good question. Uh, I, I want to say it's uh, that it, you, it was previously on Unreal Engine 3, and then it got upgraded to Unreal Engine 4. 
-hmm. Because this game, I, I don't know if you know the development history. It's been in development for quite a long time. So I, I think it's actually Unreal 4 now. That would make sense because I don't think UE3 is even supported anymore. Right, yeah. So, uh, like I said, I don't know I don't know if you remember, like, the old concept art for Get Even. They had, like, this crazy-looking concept art way back in the days. It, it, it got advertised a long time ago. This game was supposed to come out a while ago, and it, it had uh, some development woes, and then it, 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 you know, finally came out. Um, but, yeah, I believe it's Unreal Engine 4 now. Yeah. Well, I mean, what can you tell us about the development history of uh, the game here? Uh, I know the developers were super dedicated to creating this original story, so much so that they went out and got hired prof professional movie and TV writers to to craft the story. I know their big focus was uh, sound. And actually, if you go on our YouTube channel, Band uh, if you just search Bandai Namco US mm -hmm. um, on YouTube, we have several videos. If you just look at the Get Even playlist um, that chronicle the the development of the game from like the the writing aspect to the sound to uh, just like gameplay and story. So there's several videos in there that showcase the development history. So if you want to know more about that, I would I would highly recommend watching those videos. They're really interesting. Hmm. Maybe something uh, to be done. And yeah. um, at what point did uh, Bandai Namco come in uh, and um, what kind of role did they, uh, did like you guys play in uh, the development of this game, if any? Oh, ooh, that's uh, so we've been working on this game for a while now. We mainly support it as a publishing arm for the game. We, we haven't really, uh, we didn't do any of the development portion. Uh, I can't talk about it too much just because I wasn't there for that part. All I, all I can really tell you is that um, Ben and Emco did have a role in it. I'm not sure the extent of that role. Fair enough, fair enough. Now it I'm sure the role, you know, it's one of those things that's, you know, some are more involved than others. Right, exactly, yeah. I mean, there, there would, it, it was a collaboration effort, you know, this this game, we, we did help to bring it about, but I'm not sure what the extent of development versus publishing um, was. So, yeah, so how long was this game in development uh, all told? Oh, I want to say it was maybe four or five years. I, I could be wrong. It, it's around that time. Um, and then just as we were about to release it, uh, you know, we had to, uh, I, and this was something that we, we talked about, just as we were about to release the game, um, we had to delay it about a month just because of the, the, the horrible, like, incident in London with the, with the bombings, you know, so right, it, right. it had to be delayed uh, out of respect for that, and it, it, it made sense, you know, there, there's, there's certain aspects of the game where there is a bomb involved. It has nothing to do with, like, bombings, but there is a bomb in the game, and we, we want it to be respectful, you know. I get that. I get that. You know, uh, you know, the yeah, the the bombing incident in this game is is nothing like you know what have what happened in real life. But right, yeah. But still, it, you know, the game was being released at the same time. We didn't. We wanted to steer clear of all the 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 negativity of that. So we were like, you know, let's let's pay our respects. This is this is not something. That it, it was a horrific horrific thing that happened there, and, and we don't want to, you know bring this game out around the same time. So that's why we delayed it, you know, out of respect for what happened. Right. I'm like, um, and I suppose the question reckons when you did release the game, did anyone like complain or anything like that? No, no, there was no complaints. Uh, once people saw what like the actual part was in the game, it really has nothing to do with any, there, like I said, there's a bomb in the game. It, it's, it, 
happens quite early on and it has nothing to do with with you know like bombings in general it's just one aspect or one story portion uh early early on in the game right so it, it, it they're not really related but still you know something there, there was something in there and that we we didn't want to bring it around around the same time frame no i get you uh i get you i'm like uh let's see um um was I suppose was Bandai Namco involved in the dubbing of this in any capacity, or was that um, done with the farm? No, that was Farm Fifty One. Those guys uh, brought together like an excellent voice cast. Uh, once again, if you watch the documentary, you'll see some of that. But I think I feel the voice acting is very strong in this game. In this game, especially Cole Black, he sounds uh, without without mentioning any names, but he sounds uh, very similar to to uh, a uh, a certain other British. Uh, actor you know that uh that's been in several movies yeah i'm like i think i know who you're talking about because he definitely reminded me of um uh you know someone who who was in let's say like lock stock and two smoking barrels yeah that or you know let's just say uh he snatched that roll up yes I, i okay i think we are talking about that person we are on the same page that is correct I'm pretty sure the voice actor you're talking about is not Turkish, but British. Yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> oh, it's been long. Uh, anyway, um, so how long is this game on average? Hmm, I think you can finish it in about 10 or 12 hours. Oh, that's, that's actually fairly lengthy. Yeah, yeah, it you know it's 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 your average size game, and and for you know twenty nine ninety nine, it's it I think it's it's the perfect price point for it. Mm. Yeah, the, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see that price working for a game of that size and this stature. Uh, but, yeah, and like yeah. I said, there, there there there's lots more to it, and that's you know ten or twelve hours if you know what you're doing. If you're exploring and trying to figure out the puzzles, you'll definitely get more out of it. Right, so um, tell us more about the corner gun, since it seems so, to be like perhaps the most unique um, weapon in the game. Yeah, so the corner gun, you get it pretty early on. Um, then you kind of ha- you get it taken away. Then you have to get it back. Uh, it's a really interesting weapon. Uh, it it acts just like uh, just as it sounds. It's a gun that lets you peek around corners and shoot. I believe uh, the movie. Actually, I was just watching. Uh, I don't know if you remember the the movie. Uh, Wanted. Wanted. Uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, McAvoy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know the movie. He's able to curve bullets. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. I was just recently watching that, and uh, they actually use a corner gun in that in, in that movie. Uh, Angelina Jolie actually uses it. She shoots around a, a corner. Right. Uh, and corner yeah, guns. Are, yeah, corner guns are actually real tech. Yes, real, real tech. Uh, that, that's you know that's been around for a little bit now. But yeah, uh, in the game, it it's used to it's used to shoot around corners, so you can shoot stealthily uh, around corners or over obstacles. Also, um, pretty self-explanatory. It just looks really cool. You 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 put your phone on the on the corner gun. It attaches to it, and then you're able to peek around the corner and use you know your like your heat vision, line up the enemy, pow, take them out without being noticed. A L- right. little bit higher tech than the ones with the. Uh mirror periscopes and just bent barrels that they had in World War II or whatever. That is correct. (laughs) 
It is definitely a bit more higher tech than that. Uh, yeah. Um, and the uh, the corner gun is actually integrated into the story. Um, one of the people you're hunting down, for lack of a better term, um, early on is the maker of the corner gun technology. And you have to infiltrate the uh, the factory where they where they produce the corner gun and steal the technology. So it's integrated in the story. There, there there's a reason why you're going after him. It's not clear in the beginning, and Red tells you more about it. So it's not just a weapon that you get. You know, you uh, you do get it early on in the game without any type of explanation, um, but that's just to teach you how to use it. As you get further into the game, there's a reason why you have the corner. Right. And you mentioned that feeds into the stealth mechanic. Now, um, Very much. Now, uh, to talk about the stealth mechanic itself, um, how necessary is it to gameplay and um, how, like, how much stealth is in it? Are, no, are we There's talking quite a bit. I would say cell levels here? Sorry, say that one more time. Are we talking like Splinter Cell here or something less? No. Nothing like that. Uh, I, I feel like with Splinter Cell, once you kind of get seen, you kind of, like with me when I played a Splinter Cell game, once you kind of are seen, you kind of want to restart the level because, oh, I'm not playing it right. With with Get Even, it's, you know, oh, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing this and stuff, all of a sudden I get seen. I can continue on because I'm, I'm the, the character that you're playing is, is kind of a gruff action hero type guy where it's like, oh, well, if stealth doesn't work, I'll, I, I, you know, into full-on action mode, but stealth. Does, I would say stealth would be the best way to play this game, just because there's a lot more fun to be had with that. I know certain games with stealth elements aren't as fun, but with using the corner gun and being able to sneak, it's a lot more fun than trying to just run and gun. Um, additionally, there's elements where you can kind of, mm, I wouldn't say set up stealth, but you can set up. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a little bit more of the story. Eventually, you get to a point in the game where you go into Cole Black's mind. And because you're in his mind, you're able to do things. You're able to do things in his mind that you're not able to do in the world, in the real world. For instance, phases and objects like a, a barricade to where you can hide behind the barricade. So playing with this, hiding behind barricades, hiding around walls, using the corner gun is a lot more fun than just straight running and gunning. I, I feel like this game was intended for stealth, but they also wanted to. If you wanted to play it as a straight up action game, you also have just standard rifles that you can use in the game as well. Okay, so you can choose the um, non-stealthy route if you so wish. Yes. Yeah. Right. No plant survives contact with the enemy and such. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so the game is out on not just um, the Windows platform, but for the Xbox One as well, correct? That is correct, yes. So how does how does the game uh, compare on the consoles uh, to the PC version? It's, it's very close. Like I, I play it on the PlayStation Four when I want to sit down and play it on my big screen TV. Um, I played it on PC before we actually played it on the PC on the live stream. They are nearly identical. PC runs slightly better. It's, it is a noticeable like enhancement. But if you're playing on PlayStation, you're going to get the experience or Xbox One. Right, and uh, you know, on the subject of the PlayStation, is this PlayStation Pro compatible? Yes, but I'm not sure if there's any type of enhancement. I don't think there's any type of enhancement when you're running on PS Pro. Like, 
I suppose that's unfortunate. Well, I mean, it's it's not really a super high-end game, so you don't need to be running, you know, 120 frames per second. You're, it, it runs just fine on a PlayStation 4, and it runs just fine on a PlayStation Pro. Mm-hmm. Right. What's this game compare with, you know, keyboard mouse as a controller? Uh, you're asking the wrong person, because I love keyboard and mouse. I love playing on keyboard and mouse. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's how I play first-person shooters. Um, I love playing on a, on a high-end rig, but uh, it the, like it plays fine on a PlayStation 4, uh, on a PS4 pad as well. It will be played either way. Um, I prefer keyboard and mouse just because I have more. Any first-person shooter? I, I I can't play FPS with the controller. I, I just cannot get used to the overseer of analog. Like. I, I grew up playing, you know, first person like I was younger, I couldn't afford a high end PC. I grew up playing, you know, with a uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. three controller. Um, so I'm, uh, I have no issues with it, but I see some people, you know, that are so used to keyboard and mouse. Yeah, I, 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 I grew up on a, you know, playing console shooters, but um, you know, when I when I you know, when I moved over to keyboard and mouse, I like it. There was no going back. Especially, especially since you know, less um, use auto aim to compensate for the you know, lack of precision. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I saw the auto line um, when when I first started playing. Gavin, uh, I was on a console had no issues. Obviously, if you're gonna play on on. And in terms of um, like PC, it's only for Windows, no Mac or Linux. No, it's only on PC. Okay. Um, always, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, always a bit unfortunate to hear because you know, we know a lot of people who you know, Linux, Mac kind of deal, but you know, not every game gets uh, you know the ports. At the very right, least, it's right. less uncommon than it used to be. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And um, speaking of which. I'm not sure if you can speak on this matter, but um, uh, have there been any discussions to bring this game to the Nintendo Switch? Uh, oh, man. Anytime, anytime we, we talk about any game, it's always like, hey, are you going to bring it to the Switch? There have been no discussions to bring this to the Switch. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't see this game coming to the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of... It, it's not a high-end game, but it's definitely a... Um, higher end games than I think the uh, Nintendo Switch might be capable of handling. Like, it's it's a real issue that's going on right now um, in terms of bringing games to the system. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it's like it, I, I know you know Nintendo Switch fans you know want more games on their system and all that stuff, but you know there is a legitimate power gap between that and a PlayStation Four. I mean, granted, it's lesser than what it was with the Wii U, but it's still there. Yeah, it, it, it's still there, and it's still quite pronounced. Now, mm-hmm. it, you know, and I know, like, I know a lot of developers have um, lamented that the um, Nintendo Switch isn't as powerful as you know the other systems. But you, you, considering what the Nintendo Switch is, yeah, the other fun- systems aren't designed for like multiplayer, where you bring your little thing to some place and then hook it up with eight other people. 
Well, it's also not designed to be a portable system. Right. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you I sacrifice know, power when you go portable. That's just the plain fact of it. Yeah, it's like, like Nintendo, I don't think anyone is currently capable of shoving a PlayStation 4 into a um, Nintendo Switch space currently. Uh, yeah, they mean, might be I, able I, I to, but they wouldn't be around the three hundred dollar mark. We'd be looking right. at almost like thousand dollars. Right, right. Uh, you know, the, uh, in terms of affordability, I yeah. Quantify. You know, it's like you can do it. It's just it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be cheap. Anyway, you were saying, Dimitri? I don't know. I, I, I was. I, I, I might have misheard you, but I, I feel like the developers are slowly but surely uh, learning to optimize the switch to run. Um, you know, higher-end games. Take, for instance, uh, we just announced Xenoverse 2 on the Switch. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. from everything I've seen, it it runs really well, you know? So I, I, I feel... And, and looking at, uh, say, something like uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, you know, it, running like oh, no. running a high-end game is possible. Oh, no, I, I know running a high-end game is possible. It's just... Um, the, like, um, THQ Nordic, um, I think, recently spoke on... Um, you know, they were hoping that, you know, they're disappointed that it wasn't as powerful as a PlayStation 4. And I've heard other developers echo that sentiment because um, we know developers who have been struggling to get their games working um, on the Nintendo Switch. Like, Rhyme comes to mind. Mm -hmm. At least the Switch has a better reason for being underpowered than the Wii U did. Right. It's like, you know, Form factor, portability, all that kind of uh, dealies. Um, so, yes, like, speaking of Xenoverse 2 for the Nintendo Switch, I, I don't know how much you can speak to that particular port here, Dimitri. But. Um, I, I, I don't want to speak too much on it. It's, it's coming out pretty soon, I can tell you that much. I think it runs great. It's got some great features. Uh, the the six-player ad hoc mode looks really cool. Um, the being able to play a portable and then being able to play, uh, you know, e each person using uh, uh, a switch controller, playing it on one screen. Uh, it it's definitely has some cool, unique features. So uh, that's all I can really say about it. But the question everyone really wants to ask is, are we getting Super Saiyan Samus as a special guest character? <laughs> I'll look into it. <laughs> I, I, though that did happen with Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Yeah. Nothing's like, off the table. <laughs> well, it's like, well, it was just a costume, but still, you know. Like, uh, you know, it's like reading up on the specs for Xenoverse 2 for Nintendo Switch, I'm, you know, mostly uh, impressed, but I am a bit concerned about the frame rates. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, a, a lot of people have concerns when, when a game is ported from, a, a, you know, a next-gen system like a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One or a PC onto the Switch. Uh, you know, the, the Switch has its own technical limitations, but like right. I said, from everything I've seen, Xenoverse runs great. Right. You know, it's just, you know, I'm, like, looking at the multiplayer modes, they're apparently going to be running in 30 versus 60 on other systems. I that, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's, you know, it's not going to run bad or anything. It's just, you know, there is less power there, so things are going to be affected in that, those kind of ways. Right, right. You know. um, so what other games are coming soon from Bandai Namco? Uh, 
that you can uh, speak about? Ooh, I mean, we have we have like a great lineup. I mean, we have uh, Nino Kuni Two coming out, you know, for PlayStation Four. That's coming out next year. Mm. Um, we have Dragon Ball Fighters early next year as well. Uh, we uh, we actually just recently announced we're getting a One Piece Unlimited World Red on the Switch this year. I believe uh, it's it's in uh, in September for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, we we announced uh, Seven Deadly Sins coming out. We have Little Witch Academia coming out. Um, Seven Deadly Sins, I believe, is PlayStation Four. Uh, Little Witch Academia is PlayStation Four. Uh, we've got Code Vein coming out uh, early next year. You know that's Xbox One, PlayStation Four, PC. Uh, so we we have a huge lineup of games that are that are coming out soon. Don't forget just, Dot Hack like to you, which I guess that's, that's right. TBD yeah, dot, in the dot, West. Yeah, yeah, you know. We, so th- there's there's a ton of games. Uh, Project Cars too. If you're into racing, that's the, we have like uh, such a diverse lineup of games coming out. It, it's crazy. So if you're into racing games, we got you know Project Cars too. Uh, obviously, our big thing is anime titles. We have One Piece. Uh, we have Seven Deadly Sins. Versus. <clears throat> which one? Gundam versus. Gundam Versus, yes, that's uh, that's coming out real soon as well. That, I mean, people are so hyped for that. Like I said, just a, a, a plethora of, of different titles. It, it, it's it's an it's an exciting time to be working at Bandai Namco, is what I can tell you. Based on so what ge- so what genre here. is this? What genre is this Little Witch Academia game? Little Witch Academia is a uh, is a side scrolling RPG. You played uh, Vanilla Ware titles, right? Like uh, Odin Spear. Mm-hmm. Um, what just came out? Uh, well, the new Morimasa. Morima- yeah. Well, Morimasa has been out for a while, but Morimasa. Um, what was uh, what was the uh, dragon? If you're talking like new titles in that style, Aztec comes to mind. Which one? Aztec. No, that's yeah. We're reviewing that this week, but no, he's talking about the other actual. Yeah, I, I, he's talking about Vanillaware games. Is it Dragon's yeah, Crown? Yeah. yeah dra- Dragon's Crown, yeah, yeah, Dragon's Crown is another one. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of. But yeah, I uh, think that type of style where it's a 2D side-scroller, but it has RPG elements. Um, and then uh, on top of the fact that you have uh, three characters with you along for the ride. So I can't speak too much on on the mechanics and stuff because that's still kind of uh, buttoned up. But we're going to be, if you stay tuned to our Twitter at Bandai US, we're going to be announcing some stuff real soon for uh, Little Witch Academia. Cool. And that one's right. console only, right? Um, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Though, uh, you know, most of Bandai Namco stuff is coming to the PC and PlayStation Four. I notice. You now it's like even stuff like Dot Hack and Neo No Kuni Two have been announced for Steam. Um, Dimitri, we just got somebody in the chat asking if the original four Dot Hack games are coming out. If you know anything uh, on that, or if that. As far as I know, yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. I know I know we're doing you know the the dot hack gu stuff. Uh, as as far as I know, I'm I'm not on the dot hack titles, um, so I only know what I know. But right now, all I can all I know about is dot hack gu. Yeah. yeah. I'm like I, I imagine that nobody could really talk about the, you know, if the original quadrilly was coming like. Um, it'd probably be coming after GU. Like, otherwise, you know, they, they do the originals first, then GU. Yeah, which is um, weird, but... Yeah. If I remember uh, the, on the development for um, GU, though, I think they were basically using HD assets downscale for the PS2, so I think it was technically ready to go. And probably been the easier port. 
So uh, real quick, I hate to backtrack on Little Witch Academia, but I want to make a correction. It is PlayStation 4 and it is Steam. So it ah. is coming to PC as well. Okay, cool. Hmm. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's more unusual if, uh, like, a Bandai Namco title doesn't hit the PC. Like, you know, not all of them, but most of them uh, come to Steam these days. Yeah, more and more we've been focusing on, on our, our on our PC ports. We, we know they do really well. We know uh, a lot of fans demand PC ports of our games. And mm -hmm. I think our, our PC ports have, been gotten, have gotten really good, um, starting with God Eater 2 when we released that. And that was running at a smooth frame rate. It, uh, I, I feel that was a good PC port. Um, even before then, with uh, with uh, Tales of Zestaria. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think I'm like, haven't played like Tales of Zestaria on the PC, but we did play a lot of God Eater last year. Yeah, that was one of my favorite games of last year that we did. And and what did you guys think of the the port? It was um, pretty good. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. about as good as you you could get with um, uh, handheld design moving uh, to like HD. Right. Now, it, you know, it's like, you know, the games ran smooth and all that stuff. I mean, it's just my computer at the time was not this one and, you know, uh, had a bigger problem handling it. But it, it's like, you know, everything moves smoothly and all that. Wow. Got it. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's oh. just, you know, I can always tell when a game comes from handheld because um, things are a lot more, a lot smaller you know, in terms of, like, uh, stage design, polygons, and all that stuff. And there's only a, so much you can do that uh, with an upscale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, ah, right. Um, so I think we're getting low on time for this uh, particular interview. Um, any last questions from my uh, cohorts here? Um, I'm surprised you guys aren't asking about uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. That was, like, the big thing people... Well, it, he, well, here's the thing. I, I, you know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to know what things you can talk about. Like, right, right. I mean, yeah, what I, I, th I, th I think we were we were assuming that if we asked about that, you'd just say, "Oh, well, we can't really talk about that yet." But I mean, yeah. I, can, I can talk about you know certain aspects that we've already revealed. I can tell you, and you know, it's it's done by the Guilty Gear uh, crew, uh, Arc yeah. System Works. Um, I could tell you that they're you know the it it's it's like a heavy focus on on uh on the fighting game community and the anime and then like the dragon ball community like we want to bring these two communities together um i can tell you that there's more characters coming um i can tell you that we have a uh closed beta happening uh i believe the signups are happening on august 22nd um and then uh we, we should have followed by the closed beta uh soon so I can tell you about that stuff. Um, I can tell you, it's, it's so far from everything I've seen in that game, it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, this is. I've a played a Gil like Guilty Gear's games. Their art, they put everything into it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen video of fighters. It's it's a ridiculous. Like it's 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 everything I wanted. It's playing the Dragon Ball cartoons. All right, just, just to clarify, just to clarify things, it's pronounced fighters and not fighters. I'm so glad you're clarifying this. Yes. Oh, man. I've been hearing it so many ways. So, for the record, it is called Dragon Ball Fighters. Not Fighter Z. You know, it's Dragon Ball Fighters. Like the plural, not the edgelord plural. Right, yeah. And I, I could see why people make the mistake because they grew up with Dragon Ball Z, you know, so they have that Z at the end, so they say that separately. Um, so well, I could it's see well, it's also Sorry. once upon a time, like um, for a few months in uh, 2000, it was really trendy to end 
um, like um, things with an S with a Z in order to be cool. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Because poor literacy is copyrightable. Credits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you yeah. know, with, with with fighters, it was because you know the the Dragon Ball Z legacy is there, so you know we chose fighters. Um, what right. systems are the closed beta going to be on? Or is that just consoles, or is that also um, PC? Yeah, yeah, it, it's just console for now. So it's PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Hmm. Looks hmm. over my PlayStation Four. I might seem to see if I'm getting in on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. August twenty second. Just uh, keep an eye on our on our uh, social media channels. Uh, that's where we're going to be making the announcement for how to uh, get into the signups. Hmm. Okay. And um. In terms of fighters, who have you announced for, um, well, fighters? Um, so right now we have Goku, Gohan, um, Boo, mm -hmm. um, Piccolo, Krillin. We just announced, Tr well, we just announced uh, Piccolo and Krillin. Um, uh, previously before that, we did uh, Trunks. There's actually a great announcement video on our YouTube channel for Trunks. It, it, it's amazing. People have been grabbing that video and kind of superimposing Trunks from the anime uh, like doing the the hand signs uh, in the game, and it's it's so true to form. Like Arc System works to create designs, but uh, uh, let's see who else. Cell is in there right now, uh, so we have nine characters total that we that we've announced so far. And now, with, is this taking with, place in the Z universe, or is it also involving Super? It's it's hmm, I I can't really say what universe, but uh, Frieza Frieza is also in there, and if you've seen uh, uh, Frieza turns into Golden Frieza. I don't know if you've watched any of the videos. And uh, Golden Frieza is from Dragon Ball Super, so uh, you can uh, you can uh, come to your own conclusions. Uh, yeah. Isn't there? Doesn't Trunks have blue hair now, or one version of him? Uh, future um, Trunks. I uh, he is. I think blue hair in Super. Yeah, like it does. <laughs> so yeah. once again, uh, you'll you'll know more as we announce it. Now, th so this is a game where the the fighters transform in the middle of a battle, and it's not like, sorry, I'm blanking a little bit on. You know what? Never mind. It's not important. Well, <laughs> I, I can tell you that certain characters can transform when when you you know put in a specific command and they they, you know, gain additional move sets or stuff like that. Not all characters will transform in the middle of battle. Some characters transform before the battle. Like take for instance. Uh, Goku, uh, before he fights, uh, there's a cutscene of him going Super Saiyan, as right. opposed to like doing it mid-game or whatever. So there's not like okay. a, in other 2D Dragon Ball Z fire games where you had to charge up, transform. It's actually a button combination. Uh, you there is a meter that you have to you know charge up to do the transformation for certain characters. It's different for each character. So like like I said, Goku won't transform. He just you know pulls off a super once you charge his uh, his gauge there. Um, but other characters, their super is transforming into another form. Like Frieza, you know, turns into uh, Golden Frieza. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we have another question in the chat: which form, which versions of Cell? Which is a good question that I didn't catch. Um, who? I. Uh, I would imagine. I want to say perfect it's, it's, cell. Yeah, yeah, it, it's you know yeah. the the one that points to his head. It's yeah. me. That yeah. cell. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's always perfect cell. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I imagined. But it's either some usual people, some, normal some cell like or perfect the other cell. Yeah, it's like you never see fishlip cell. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, you know, I think the last cell. time we saw that, uh, Goku blew him up. <laughs> More or less. You know, it's like, but yeah, 
it's usually like you know with Frieza, you usually get like um, basic Frieza or final Frieza. You know, you don't usually get the forms in between. Well, Xenomorph Frieza is generally accepted to be a mistake by everyone involved, including I think. Toriyama. And and step two Frieza is pretty much just slightly beefier normal Frieza, and also using that more would be conflicting with using King Cold because he's in form two. Right. Oh, let's see. Um, are there any other games we should cover at this point? I'm pretty hmm. sure if we did that, we'd be here all night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's too many to count. Um, I can't tell you. I'm, I'm super excited. More and more, as I see more and more of Code Vein, I'm, I'm more excited for that game. I'm that game. Interested because I'm again a fan of Mon the Monster Hunter and the um, uh, why Dark Souls. Well, no, not Dark Souls. Um, the God Eater team is involved on that one. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're they're developing the game. Um, so, yeah, I am interested in that. Okay. The reason I said Dark Souls is a lot of people compare it to that just because of all the rolling and stuff like that. Uh, but we just uh, recently revealed some of the some of the new special moves that the characters have. We revealed two of the characters that join you on your quest. Um, but there's more information to come. That game is uh, is you know it, it's still early. Uh, it's not coming out till next year. But it's I, I have a feeling it's going to be something special. If you want, Dietrich, we can have you back on uh, the September 30th show to talk sure. about um, more Bandai Namco games. Yeah, Since I mean, we have yeah, so I'm, much um, to talk about. <laughs> whenever you guys want to have me on, I, I love doing things like this just because it, it uh, brings me back to um, like high school where I used to just sit around and talk to my friends about video games, which I don't get to do too often. A lot of times, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work that I have to do, so I can't really talk to my uh, compatriots at work so it, it's good to kind of unwind and just talk about video games <laughs> and we get that we get that you know uh, you know some other guests have felt that way you know some not so much you know it, I, it all depends on what they're doing and how, when their game is coming out <laughs> <laughs> i guess really quickly uh i do want to say that um project uh -huh. cars 2 is is coming out pretty soon i believe it's coming out in september i know that's not you know, a big focus for, for people that enjoy anime games or enjoy, uh, like, action games. But it's a really cool-looking simulation arcade racer. If, if you if you remember, you know, Bandai Namco did uh, Ridge Racer. I'm not saying anyth it's anything like Ridge Racer, but if you're looking for an interesting racing game with a lot, a lot of customization, um, definitely take a look at Project Cars 2 coming in September. And that's we'll one that's fully um, first-person, right? No, no, it it, it it can be first person. Uh, a lot of it, like, that's probably the best way to play it just because they've spent so much time fine-tuning the first person mode. But if you want to race in third person mode, you can. Yeah, we'll probably talk more about that in late August. You know. Sure, yeah, I, I'd love to talk about that game. I'm, I'm really excited for it, and I feel like it hasn't been getting uh, the exposure it should with, uh, like, fans like that enjoy, like, Gran Turismo and stuff like that. I, I feel... Uh, Project Cars uh, is gonna be something something really interesting. Um, like, um, well, the first one was pretty successful from what yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a beautiful looking game. It, it controlled well. It had a great career mode. It had a ton of cars, and this it like looks even better. I mean, we're talking like 60 FPS 
on PlayStation 4. Uh, we just announced, like, the Ferrari cars in the game just today. Oh, this so, has licensed uh, vehicles? Yeah, all licensed vehicles in the game. And we're, we're not just talking, you know, uh, just standard vehicles. You have off-road, you have uh, F1-type cars. So if, if you are a fan of Gran Turismo, if you want a next-gen racing game, this is the one. They, they, the guys over at uh, Slightly Mad Studios, the developer team, have poured their hearts into making this, like, the most accurate racing game ever. And even if you're not into simulation-heavy games, you can play it just a straight-up, just go and race. You don't have to tune anything. You can play it as an arcade racer and still enjoy it. Well, that sounds neat. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, the game is Get Even. Um, it's available for uh, the PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and the PC. Um, it's right. going for what thirty dollars? Nine ninety nine. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and be sure to pick it up today. Um, right. So, Petty Fan, uh, move us to the next segment. Um, so welcome to this week's topic of discussion. Um, for those who are new to this program, this is where we talk about um, video game news or a big story or uh, you know something from the past, whatever comes to mind. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about the Goyamon franchise, otherwise known as Mystical Ninja. Right. Um, now, a lot of you may not have heard of this. Um, series because it's quite old. It's also very, very Japanese. Also currently very dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Konami. Uh, you know, the, the list of dead franchises right now um, is quite long. Is all but, but Yu-Gi-Oh, I think? And Soccer um, Manager? Well, it, it depends. Does, does Exist as a Pachinko Machine count as dead? Yes. <laughs> um, not technically, but, you know, it, it's getting there. Like, but I'm like, uh, anyway, but I suppose, um, to clarify, Mystical Ninja has been dead for a long time. The last game release was 2005. Mm -hmm. You know, generally, you know, Konami was still considered to be a really good publisher in 2005. You know, it, it's only in like the past couple years that they've become, you know, just the worst. Yeah. No. But, you know, that's not to say that the Konami of old didn't make its own mistakes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll get to that when we'll get to that. I suppose we should give an overview of what the Goyamon franchise is. Long ago in the distant past of Japan, there was a samurai who just went rogue and decided to be a thief. His name was Goyamon. Yes, Ishikawa Goyamon lived in the late, mid to late 1500s and is kind of a Japanese Robin Hood figure. And yes, he's what the guy from, uh, it's the same guy that the uh, guy in Lupin III is descended from. Yeah, in fact... Um... And he attempted to assassinate the Shogun. It did not go well, and then he got a bathtub <laughs> named after him because he was boiled in oil afterwards. <laughs> Note to self, never travel back to Japan to assassinate an emperor or shogun. You will be boiled in oil and have a game series named after you centuries later. 
either it'll go badly and you'll die, or it'll go well and you'll win, and then you'll get killed and die. And then screw up history. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, Ishikawa Goemon is a figure that shows up a lot in um, Japanese media. He's very, he got a very famous Kabuki character, too, so mm-hmm. it explains the look on his face a lot of times. Yeah, the Goemon in the games is pretty Kabuki. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, like, full-on makeup, but he always has the very dramatic look on his face. Actually, the original and one did. The original yes, one no. was very... The original one in the first game was extremely Kabuki. Now we flash forward to the 80s. It was yeah. the 80s, right? It was the 80s the yeah. 80s into an unrelated but somehow related to the whole thing game that started the series Mr. Mr. Goemon yeah it's like people think the game uh, series started with Legend of the Mystical Ninja and God, no. there was like yeah. six seven games before that even came over here yeah I'm like yeah e- even before then um, uh, Goemon was a, quite the prolific franchise for Konami on the uh, Famicom but even before that, there was a, um, yeah, an arcade game uh, that, in, you know, that actually looks a lot different than e- everything else that came after it. Its design is so fucking hilarious. I laugh and enjoy every time I see it. <laughs> it's just these these little paintings of these characters that are chibi that almost seem South Parkish, like just the. Yeah. I'm like, and Mr. Goemon is an arcade game that we eventually got way, 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 way later. Like, um, it debuted over here and in Europe on the Xbox 360 and Games for Windows Live game room service. If anyone remembers this. Yeah, it, it was... Um, Microsoft's uh, like literal classic arcade service, you know, where you could um, go to a virtual arcade and buy arcade ROMs, or you know, rent the, you know, do the quarter thing. Now, it's an interesting idea that um, puttered out after a year or two, and this was one of the releases. You know, and it's definitely the rough draft of the entire franchise. Uh, to say the least, because yeah, um, like going forward to even like the NES releases, it gets le- you know, it gets less serious in its art designs. Like um, you know, not like um, here here's Gambare Goemon uh, Karukuri Dochu, and it's you know, its box art you know looks similar to. Well, the arcade game, but not as much. Uh, I, and I know I played like one of the NES um, Goemon games. I'm like, once again, it the, the NES Famicom games are um, still kind of a rough draft for you know. Generally, when the series is considered to be made was when it moved to the Super NES. Mm-hmm. Which is the first one that we... I think that's the one we got over here first, at least. Right. 
Like, um, and I think, yeah, still, um, like one of the most important developments in the NES series was the introduction of uh, Goemon's main sidekick, Ibisimaru. Who is a the sort of fat, lazy, drunk, Japanese wandering monk stereotype. Right. I believe Who's he's bisexual, also I think. Um, Might be. They're, I think, they're weird about that. Yeah. Actually, I think... Um, uh, I think Ibisimaru might be pansexual. Well, then. That would probably make more sense. You mean he's into pans? It wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, shockingly enough, in the original game he premiered in, he was actually a beautiful woman that was cursed to look like a fat, overweight ninja. And at the very end of the game, the curse is broken, and the woman falls in love with Goyamon, and then the third game just went like, fuck that shit, he's just fat and old. (laughs) Well, that that kind of puts a slightly different thing on all of the uh, later things where he's, you know, a lady again. I'm like... Yeah, we'll get to that. Because there have been two other versions, I think, where where they turned him into a lady, so... Um, Yeah, also... Also, um, Ibisimaru has a daughter. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. a da- you know, daughter named Mao. Pretty minor character. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> like, th- 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 this series is fucking nuts. And that could be an understatement. And that's before you yep. get to the clockwork giant robot. Well, well, it's like, okay, I think like, even for Japan, this goes a little like, what? Well, it's also Ibisimaru and his family are one of the nuttiest aspects. I mean, it's not like, we're still peeling off the layers here. <laughs> um, like, he's also claimed to be an, a descendant of James Dean. Which, this game takes place in the 1500s. I, I'm like, <laughs> anachronistic as fuck. Yes. Yeah. You know, descended to that guy from, you know, a few hundred years from now. Yeah, here we go. His, uh, I'm like, he is based off of a real uh, character, but not anyone, like, mythologically famous like Goemon. He's based off of Konami developer um, Itsunobu Ibitsu. It makes sense. Yeah, it's like... I, with the name. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's not hard to see where where it came up with, but I'm like, and Obisimaru has his um, family, like um, um, Obisimaru, who I believe I think he's the Wario thief character. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, the the guy who dresses up in orange and you know dons the um, traditional Japanese thief attire. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, just the uh, weird hat thing. Right. Wrapped up under his nose. And then there's also recurring villain Sister Bismaru. Um, Their take off of uh, Catholic nuns. Was that Anne Anne Bismaru? Uh, Possibly. Um, She's, like, the main antagonist of uh, Goemon on the Super NES. And the... uh, and um, Goemon's Great Adventure for the uh, N64. 
Yeah, I'm like, we could probably spend about a good two hours on Ibisi Maru. Um, and apparently just, his family just hates the shit out of him for some reason. Like, every really one of them just hates him. I'm like, it's a highly dysfunctional family. I mean, th these are highly dysfunctional people. Apparently, because I hate e Ibisi Maru too. Fat fuck. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's... He's my least favorite character to play as as well. Now, most um, in most of the games, do the characters even have like distinctive abilities, or are they just? I'm like, mo yes, yes, they um, and they get more distinct as the games go on. I'm like, but we'll get to that in a bit. I'm like, um, so the first Super NES, uh, the first Super NES game was um, quite the landmark in. in not just in terms of it's the first game we got as Legend of the Mystical Ninja, but you know it's kind of the the thing that defined the series going forward. Uh, I'm like, um, not only like in terms of design, like like I think, you know, like uh, all of you know, not all the elements were there. Um, like for example. Um, Sasuke and Yai. Um, I think Yai might have been introduced in one of the Gaiden games, but um, you know, Sasuke and Yai make their mainline debuts here. Uh, Sasuke is the lady ninja who is sometimes a mermaid. No, Yai is the lady. That's what ninja. I said. Yai. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yai is the um, lady who is sometimes a mermaid. Lady ninja who is sometimes a mermaid. Sasuke is the uh, clockwork doll ninja. Yeah, it's they debut in this game, but um. Far from being playable characters, Sasuke is actually a boss in this game um, because he's the he's the boss you face before you meet Wise Man, you know. And mm -hmm. Wise Man is another um, major recurring character of the series. Actually, um, has a name. Nobody just calls him by it. Yeah, he. Everyone just calls him uh, Barkeep. Exactly. No. Um, and you know, Wise Man. He, you know. He's basically Mutant Roshi. I, I think that's, you know, if he were an inventor. <laughs> because, I think the because, stereotype is just every old guy is a pervert there, no matter their specialty. Yeah, he's the perverted old guy, and, you know, he will literally have you doing quests for porno mags um, that get turned into muscle car magazines over here. Because censor killed. Because you know, I think even of, we have just a limit of so much of that. It's like, come on, guys, really? Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, the first game um, really fucked up in terms of um, uh, translation. Um, you know, because Ibisi Maru and Goemon were known as... Um, Kid Ying and Dr. Yang, respectively. <laughs> because, sure. I, I'm like, I, I couldn't tell you why. I mean, first of because all, this nobody is, in America can p pronounce funny names like Goyemon and Yebizumaru. Well, too many and vowels. Yet, and I think the irony is, is that they were the only ones that were translated like that. Yeah, it's like everyone else is like perfectly translated fine. Yeah, like I yeah, just rescued like, Kurobon. Kurobon. Yeah, uh, I'm like, 
Yeah, and it's not even Japanese. It's, chi you know, yin and yang are Chinese concepts. I know, you know, Japanese is familiar with it, but, you know, this series being ultra Japan, it's it actually kind of stands out. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I'm they like, do still use the yin yang in Japan sometimes, but that's not really... Right. Right. So, I, yeah, I yeah, now... In terms of um, gameplay, um, maybe we can get some footage of uh, Mystical Ninja here. Uh, yeah, these games are kind of weird. They're like a sort of a side, a combination between like a side-scrolling beat 'em up and like almost like a Zelda-type game. Mm hmm And yeah, um, with a lot of mini games. Like, um, you know, um, you know, the trope distracted by the gold saucer, whatever you call it. Yeah. Like, that's the, uh, that, that's, um, this game. Oh no, final boss is about to complete Dastardy Plot. Perfect time to finish up all those side quests. Uh, it doesn't quite work that because, um, the, the Super NES game works on a level-based structure. Uh -huh. This is more like the final boss is burning down the town, but I gotta throw those dice one more time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, and you know, it's also worth noting that, uh, you know, this game had, had some design problems at the end, end there. You know, get, getting the um, uh, travel pass was um, kind of a grindy affair. The mountain pass and the yeah. translation book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, another defining feature of this Goemon game was um, co-op, co-op multiplayer. Yes, you can play as Goemon and as Ebisumaru. Yeah, I'm like, you know, which is handy. With, I believe pretty much drop-in, drop-out functionality for player two. I think so. It's been a while since I've played much uh, of Mystical Ninja. But, yeah, it's handy for people who would do a co-op um, playthrough of it. Looks at Ogre. <laughs> well, look at me. I, you know, it's like, I'm just saying, you know, with people I've seen who have actually done Mystical Ninja Let's Plays. Yeah, and on the screen right now should be Legend of the Mystical Ninja from the U.S. version on SNES. Yeah. Uh, somebody like, belonging to the mic really hard. Sorry, am I doing my fan? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, I, I, you know, it's like, I don't know how well it did over here, but, you know. Apparently we well enough for them to skip the next three games and then just go straight to the 64. Uh, I'm like, I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised we got as many Mystical Ninja games as we did. Yeah. Um. Given yeah. that, you know, this this is Wacky Japan the series. Mm -hmm. it, uh -huh. It's like there are a lot of basically Japanese culture in jokes that won't make sense if you don't know significant amounts about Japanese stuff. Yeah, uh, and even then, there's a lot of stuff that you know is just fucking, you know, insane. You know, but yeah, it's like, and it wasn't just like the Super NES games, um, 
No, there were some Game Boy games that we didn't get. Um, some that we did. Uh, um, from what I understand, like the Game Boy games aren't very good. Like, I think one of them is actually on the Virtual Console now. Yeah. Yeah. It, but I could be wrong. And if you have a new 3DS, um, The Legend of the Mystical Ninja is also available. I'm playing it right now. Yeah. Uh, nice I'm like that. Yeah, that was the benefit of having this game brought over. Like, um, The Legend of the Mystical Ninja, ha like, the Super NES game has been available for, like, every virtual console iteration. And it was, and it's actually, I believe, going to be a part of the Super Famicom uh, Mini. Not the Super NES Mini, but... No, but, um, you know, th like, this is a cult game at best. And, you know, with the lineup they're going with, uh, you know, it's like, it's the top shelf stuff need only apply. You know, we, we covered that in the, um, um, disc, you know, in the, the Super NES classic discussion. Mm -hmm. Like. And yet, for some reason, Super Soccer's still in there. <laughs> that That's the Super Famicom. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm like, that's still bewildering. Like, I get why Goemon's um, in the uh, Super Famicom collection, as this series was pretty popular in Japan. Now, Until and, the PS2, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, actually, we'll have to get to that uh, another time. Like, mm -hmm. we do not have enough time to cover the entire rest of the series. Uh, so and we were just get, about to get to the wacky, wacky shit, too. Uh, we can <laughs> cover the next few um, Super NES games, but... You know, we will break at the um, at the uh, generational gap. No. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Gambare Goemon to um, Kitiritsu Shogun uh, Magnitsu. That's a is... word. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, okay. I don't Are... have the list up. Yeah, I'm like, all right, Mr. Linguistics, how do you pronounce that? Well, translating, he, translating. Yeah, he's like <laughs> loading, loading. Oh. File well, not found. Japanese not found. <laughs> Cannot properly pronounce. Reestablishing connection. <laughs> Sorry, I had my mic muted. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the game the list of games also damn it Corey we kept telling you to go right yeah well it, well it translates out to the strange general McGinnis hmm. huh. yeah yeah I, I don't see that Guinness. on the list that I found McGinnis well it, it's the um Terry McGinnis no um are we going Batman Beyond all of a sudden He's an analog to Matthew Perry. Oh, I know that. I'm just yeah. saying for those who don't know, like, and Matthew yeah. Perry, for those of you who don't know, is the American 
who's American, right? Admiral, who yeah. went to Japan and uh, said, uh, hey, you know that closed country thing you've got going on where you're not letting us do any trade with you? Stop that. And they said no. And he said, I have several large ships with very large cannons that say, please stop that. And they said, okay. I was about to say, my <laughs> cannons say otherwise, suckers. Yeah. You actually uh, look like, him up. He has a very storied history. He's a very uh, interesting guy. Anyway. Yeah. He did it. It's Shogun Maginess. Yeah. Uh, pretty much what you said. Thank you. Like, yeah, so, Shogun Maginess. Yeah, so th this game actually um, pairs down the minigame stuff. Um, from, um, and in its place, this is the debut of uh, Goemon Impact. Ah, yes. You thought Japan was crazy enough in the far back times of Goemon times. Now you got clockwork giant robots that make no goddamn sense. Right. But yet Speak they have the greatest theme song ever, motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm not sure if they had impact uh, the the theme song in this game. No, no, no. I think it probably showed up the '64, but anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not getting too far yeah, ahead yeah. of ourselves. Yeah, it's like um, this game is also the debut of uh, Sasuke as a playable character. Um, makes sense that the you know important clockwork robot characters would be relevant in the same game. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of goofy stuff. Um, but where the game, it's pretty similar to the um, first one in terms of design and all that. Uh, like, if uh, further refined, that's probably why the, um, the games were gathered up and re-released on the... Um, DS, I think, or the Game Boy Advance, one of those systems. Um, and that was actually the last release in the Goemon franchise. This remake, and then it was dead. But hmm. once again, we'll get into why that is um, later. Um, next up is uh, Gambare Goemon. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is just saying fever really weird. Yeah, I'm like FIBA uh, with a bunch of tildes to make it wiggly. Yeah, well, okay. The translated um, name is the mechanic octopus hold of the lion elite guard. Oh, Shishijirokube no Karakurimanji Atabe. Okay, gotcha. I was, I was. Fever was a manga. Yeah. tight. Did you just praise Jesus? I'm like, otherwise known as Gambare Goemon 3. Like, you know, th this is the game that really um, took it in the direction of Zelda. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, as mentioned, the, you know, the villain this time is Ibisumaru's um, French Catholic descendant, Bismaru. Yeah, she's from the future. Have I mentioned... Sure. Why not? Yeah, yeah, we mentioned this shit gets wacky because it gets wacky. I think <laughs> you should have known that by now. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, you're not geez. at fault for anything. Yeah, it, it, it's like if something doesn't make sense, or it, it's by design. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, 
anyway, when I say it gets like Zelda, it's because um, Goemon uh, 1 and 2 on the Super NES, um, their maps, um, especially Goemon 2, were done like Super Mario World. Um, yeah, the one, the the Super Nintendo, the first the first one that we're having on screen, the overworld is basically like two D side scrolling beat 'em up style, and then the actual levels are pretty much platformers. Mm-hmm. And um, surprisingly, pretty good mix. Yeah, and um, going on three here, you know, it, it's like Link to the Past, you know, with a um, united overworld. Like, and um, this is also like the introduction of. I, I'm not sure if this is the first time Yai shows up as a playable character, but might be the first one she's actually in. Not not the first one she's actually in because she she's often oh, right. She's she used Saver in one of the earlier ones. Well, she, she's also in the Gambare Goemon too. It's just. She's not playable. She's in the first one. She's not playable. She shows right. up as an NPC often. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just um, here she's playable, and I think this is where the, um, they started defining um, the characteristics. You know, um, at least some of them. Like, uh, well, uh, some got defined earlier. It's like um, one of Goemon's signature attacks is the chain pipe. Yeah. You know, I think that goes back to the first one. Um, and um, his other thing is basically to go Super Saiyan. Uh-huh. Uh, um, Maru, um That's not even a lie. He has his hair actually just turns yellow and he gets all angry and more powerful. So that is It doesn't really spike up, saying. but it was already oh. pretty spiky up. No, it spikes up later, trust me. Okay. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, I mean, it, hair, he's already known for having like the pineapple hair, so. Yeah, I'm like, um, Sasuke uh, has bombs that opens passages, which is a, which becomes his like standard thing. Um, Yai turns into a mermaid, which is her, uh, big gimmick. Also, the bazooka. For ex- yeah, for exploring water and heavy artillery, because that's what lady ninjas use. I think it's um, this, this is the true secret power of Yapan Ninpo. Yeah, I, I think it's Abyssin Maru whose powers keep changing. It, like, his his main power is the ability to still be relevant to the series. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is he's like the predominant player too, so that's not cha- that wasn't changing. <laughs> like, um, and then we had. Uh, and then to cap off like this, the mainline Super NES series, it was um, uh, Gambare Goemon 4, or... Uh, let's see if I can find this. Uh, it's, well, it's, uh, Gambare Goemon Kira uh, Kira Doichu Bokugo Bokuga Dancer Ni Natawake. Oh, uh, which is like, I, I don't know what Dochu is, but the last bit is something like I want the way to become a dancer, the way I became a dancer. The glittering journey, the reason I became a dancer. Reason, that's the one. <laughs> Sorry, this is why I'm doing a Duolingo to brush up on my Japanese. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm like, so this one, we go to space. Because, because of course. course. Why not? Well, you knew it was going to happen at some point. I'm surprised it didn't happen more often at this rate. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm like, and the games kept changing. Like uh, Goemon, like Goemon Four goes back to the side scrolling stuff. Like, and I think like all four, you know, the the four, the quartet are playable here. Uh, this one I never played, so I'm like the least um, familiar. You know, it, it is the game with the most requirements. Like, yeah, it, it's like um, it looks. Yeah, it looks like this one was more of a return to form to the to the side scrolling and mini games that define the first two games than you know the outright Zelda clone of the third game. I'm like, and yeah, it, it, thinking about it, it was the third game that you kind of needed to know the Japanese yeah uh, language to really get around it. Because you'll get hints that tell you how to progress, and uh, mm-hmm. hope you can read that. Hmm. Right. And I think this is where we're going to break because it's um, quarter to quarter to eleven, mm-hmm. and you know, so this episode's kind of running long, and um, we've got um, talk shoe limits to keep in mind. Right. Uh, so with that, um, we will revisit. Um, the Gambare Goemon uh, franchise again in the future. Not next week. We have another topic planned. I, um, currently, we are going to be talking about um, MMO cash shops. That's a petty fan topic there for you. Yay. Yeah. You know, unless something big uh, happens in the news. Mm-hmm. Right. What? Nintendo declared war on Russia. <laughs> anyway, anyway we get on the first it. time that happened in yeah. history. <laughs> the week ahead, um, this Sunday, we have reviews on Get Even, the game we um, did an interview with um, tonight, and Aztez, which we did an interview with um, a few weeks ago uh, last season. Like, um, and next week, I believe MSP is returning. Uh, As it doesn't. Yeah. Like, and next week's guests, um, we do have a Tuesday show scheduled. Um, we do have uh, Yasin uh, Salmi of Salmi Games uh, returning. Um, they're going to be talking about, he's going to be talking about his VR project that he kind of scratched the service on last time he was on the program. Um, and uh, also, let me see. I um, we will be having on August 9th, um, Jason Kim of Cardboard Utopia, uh, the developers of the Children's of the Zodiacs uh, strategy game. Still waiting to hear back from him. Um, hopefully, I'll ping him again tomorrow. You know, see what's going on there. And yeah, uh, that's that is our slates for next week. We hope you will join us for that. And until Sunday, I wish you good gaming.
Alrighty. Yeah. Hey. 